Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. Stay with them, continue in them. We're about about moving from one thing to the other. Uh, we fall in for the idea. Uh, I use the terminology: you are what you eat. Remember last week I taught you you're not what you eat. You're what you digest. Just because it goes down, it has to be, you have to become one with it before it starts affecting who you are. So you are what you eat in the sense that you are what you eat in the sense that you digest what you eat. Well, it's the same in the word. We read a lot of the word, but how much are we becoming one with? That's my goal as lead pastor, one of the lead pastors right now is to teach us and train us, enable us to become one with. I told you last week, when we get this principle, it'll deliver you of cycles. Anybody tired of cycles? <laughs> Anybody go around that mountain only to come around it again? God's trying to deliver us to that, and he's going to deliver us with the word. So we're going to close out with a communion service together today. We're going to start in the book of Matthew. I'm not going to apologize for too many scriptures because the, the word, the bread, has become my lifeline and it must become yours. And I hope, I'm sending out a lot more flock note right now, and I hope you are doing something with them. I hope you're doing something with it. Another thing you need to understand is kindly a half-truth. We think we come to church to eat. Well... That's, that's a half-truth. But really, you ought to look at it like this. Nobody goes to the grocery store to eat. Thank you. But you go to the grocery store to get everything that's needed for you to go home and prepare your meal. And, and the meal really comes together on a grander scale. If you're not remembering, I'm going to talk a lot about that today. If you're not remembering, and I don't know, you may have a photogenic memory, I don't know, but if you're not jotting something down, a fragment, last week we talked about pictures, you go on a trip, and that trip does not change your life, what changes your life is your memory of that trip. So you pull out a picture, and it reminds you of that. It's the same way in the Word of God. In Life Church, we will no longer, we want to break the habit of saying, what was preached last week, and you saying... I don't remember, but it was good. If you cannot call that thing to remembrance, and I'm not saying you're going to remember right off, but if you come to understand it, one fragment, that was last week, you can pull up one fragment and it brings it all back to you. Are y'all with me? That's where we're going now. So last week we talked about fragments. This week we're going to talk a little bit about crumbs, but we're not getting up. I did send out instructions for you to study on bread. Is anybody doing that? Oh, I got some amens. Matthew chapter number 15. Our sound man is going to work hard today. Matthew 15, 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan, Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. 
And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, Verse 24, he answered and said, now I use this uh, out of the book of Matthew, but in the, Mar in the book of Mark, he added something to it I want you to catch. Before he said, I am not sent, he said, let the children first be fed. Somebody say that's prophetic. Now, now Matthew didn't pick up that, but Mark did. He told the woman, let the children be fed first. He's prophesying, your bread is coming, but I got to go to Israel first. You see it? He answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now, this text seems like an insult when really Jesus is prophesying something she's catching. You ought to make a mental note of this or in your notes so you can study it for yourself. The, the word dog is used a few times in the New Testament. But it's only used one time by the Greek word kuon. Jesus used or kunarius. The Jews used, when they said dog, catch this, it's really important. The Jews used kuon, K-U-O-N, and it's a derogatory term. It's referring to the Gentiles. This dog, the kuon, was a despised, Filthy, homeless street scavenger. I mean, when they called the Jew, uh, Jews called them dogs, it was as low as you could get. Just a, just a stray dog. But catch this. That's Qon that's dog. But when Jesus was speaking to this woman, Jesus used the word Kunarian for dog. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but write it down. Study it for yourself. Cunarian, and that refers to a household pet. Whole different theme of thought. Whole different. Hold. Are, are you following me? The term used in this set setting was actually prophetic. That the Gentiles would not always be homeless but that they would actually be welcomed into the household of God as his children, and she caught it. She caught the words of revelation. He was not insulting her. He was just telling her that, that, that your time is coming, and one day you will be a part of the household of God. 26 said, he answered and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, that's the truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat. There's, there's that, that pet sitting in the house waiting on crumbs. 
Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from there. Oh, somebody say she caught it. He's, she knows he's not talking about that homeless scavenger that's not worthy of the bread he's about to serve. And Jesus said unto her, O woman, great, great is your faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now, another thing that stands out to me, and uh, I want you to make a mental note of, and maybe one on your paper, because that's where we're going to try to go. She's talking about demons and spiritual warfare, and Jesus is talking about bread. Did you catch that? She's talking about Jesus coming and dealing with the devil, and Jesus is talking about bread. So in other words, Jesus' response is insinuating that what the woman is asking for is in the children's bread. Oh, I hope y'all can stay with me. I mean, he automatically, she's talking about a devil being cast out. She's talking about a child being delivered. And he automatically attaches her miracle to the children's bread. Let's go to the book of uh, Matthew chapter number 13. Verse number 18 says, Listen then to the meaning of the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom regarding salvation and does not what? It's not what you hear that will change your life. It's what you understand. Man, I'm going to try to tear that down today. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom regarding salvation and does not understand and grasp it, what happens? The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown where? By the road. The translation there is, this is the one that was sown on the road. On the path. On the pathway. The word road is hold us. Write it down. You're taking notes today. Gather some vessels. Hold us. And it means in progress. It means on the move or in route. So Jesus is given a parable saying, seed that is sown on the road, this is seed where people are on the move. In a hurry. Oh, come on, somebody. Ain't got no time to receive the seed, no time to germinate, no time to meditate, no time to digest. I'm receiving it, I'm reading it, I'm hearing it preached. Thank you, somebody. I'm hearing it preached. But I'm on the move, so I never fully understand it. Somebody give the Lord a little clap. Uh, amen. How many Bible studies do you do on the move? How many Bible, how much seed is being sown on the highway of your busyness? 
Oh, I'm feeling Holy Ghost. They ain't going to help me, but I, I feel it's real, ain't it, Josh? Amen. Especially when you got a life to live. You got jobs. You got kids. You got grandkids. You got, you got, you got life going on. Amen. So we think it's okay just to get a word. So I'm going to get it on the go. I did a study and found out that what's making Americans the most unhealthy is fast food. And it ain't necessarily the food you're eating, even though that big hamburger might clog an artery or two. It, it greases mine. Somebody help me. I'm hungry. Amen. Amen. But it's, it's on the move because you're not taking time to digest. Amen. And the body don't have time to do what the body does. He said, everybody who's eating on the go cannot fully understand what I'm sowing, so the devil says, easy pickings. Oh, God help me, amen. The word understand means, here you go, I ain't going to tell you the Greek word, you couldn't spell it anyway, sunehami. Mm -hmm. It means to put together. Somebody shout put together. To understand means to put Together, it means to form a union with, to understand means to become one with, cherish. It means I digested it. I digested it. I told you last week, bulimia is a disease where I take the food in, amen, but it don't stay there long enough to digest and it comes right back out. He said, this is what the man is like who's reading the scripture, and you may be so proud of yourself because you're going through a Bible reading plan. And I don't mean to be sarcastic. Did that sound sarcastic, Cody? Thank you. Uh, uh, and, and I got my scripture reading in. Somebody just be honest with me. Have you ever done it? Just got my scripture reading in. Praise God. Close that Bible. Jump in your car. Go to work or on the way to work or whatever the case may be. And we have scratched a religious itch and we still don't understand why I'm not consistent, why I'm not stable, why my mind is not healthy, why I'm not faithful. Are y'all okay this morning? Amen. Amen. And, 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 and somebody quotes the scripture, you should know the truth and the truth will make you free. And you say, well, I know that scripture. I've read that scripture. But did you become one with it? Because if you did not become one with it, you are not what you eat, but you are what you digest. What you become one with. Now, I'm not through with the word understand. To understand means to put Together, I'm becoming to form a union with it or become one with. Listen, it means to comprehend. And the word comprehend means to take possession of until I begin to resemble it. Is that deep? I take possession. Last week I, I taught it a different way. I start exchanging glory with it. The scripture doesn't even belong to you. It's not yours. It's somebody else's until you become one with it and start resembling it. You start changing, trading your doubt for its faith. You trade your weakness for its strength. Somebody tell you never, that bread's powerful. That bread's powerful. The problem is we're eating it on the go. 
I believe I'm on to something right here. I need to go somewhere. But I believe this could be the Achilles heel of the, of the busy American is I'm eating it on the go. I'm eating it on the go. I need somebody to repeat after me. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not, if, if, if you want it to produce in your life, reading it and hearing it is not enough. But the word says faith comes by hearing. That hearing there means becoming one with. I got some scriptures for you. So you're not what you eat, but you are what you digest. Well, what you read is not what produces faith. It's what you understand. Are y'all with me? If what you read as it relates to the Bible caused faith, we would be raising the dead. But how many of us lives are half depleted, half discouraged, not completely, not backslid? Are y'all listening to me? Amen. Not steady, not consistent. Amen. And you got so much Bible study in your life. So much... Thank you, thank you. It's simply because I'm reading something. Why is it that in the kingdom is the only kingdom that it's okay for you not to understand? In school, you got to understand. On the job, you got to understand. Feel closed in today for some reason. Huh? Amen. That's why they'll make you an apprentice so that you fully understand. Why is it okay to come into the kingdom of something of eternal value and it'd be okay that I don't understand? I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to stir something up right now. When are you going to stop, read a scripture and say, I do not know what that scripture means. I just don't know. So I'm going to seek until I do know. I'm going to chew until I do know. I'm going to meditate until I do know. And if I can't know, I'll call somebody who do know. I'm going to show you sometimes you need it. You need So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't care if I get to read 10 scriptures. I'm going to know this one. Amen. That woman said, give me a crumb, Jesus. I'll go whoop the devil with a crumb. <laughs> write that one down I don't need the whole loaf give me one crumb and I'll go beat this devil in my life with one crumb one crumb so you're not what you read I mean faith is not understanding don't come by what you read it comes by meditating I'm challenging this church amen I'm challenging this church to take time to quit pulling in to a drive-through window for your Bible study. <laughs> quit going through the drive-through window and plan your meal. Amen. You know, in the Bible days, if I ain't mistaken, Josh, uh, am I right? They didn't even have chairs. They lounged. They knew they were going to spend some time there. 
Are you listening to me? They knew they were going to eat and digest and fellowship. I'm challenging you in the name of Jesus. Quit doing all these drive throughs That's why we're spiritually unhealthy. Plan your time. Take a scripture. Get in your prayer closet and begin to pray and think and meta-double. That's where every message comes from. It's me taking a scripture and chewing it and chewing it and chewing it. And the more I chew it, it just releases revelation uh, 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 Stephanie is teaching on Holy Ghost praying in the spirit when you're praying in the spirit you're just chewing on the word he said because if you don't understand it boom the devil's coming and he's going to take it from you he's going to take it from you it's, it can, it's not producing faith because you're not chewing it until you start to resemble it. Until it starts releasing. When you're digesting, that food is starting to release its glory into my life. Amen. High five your neighbor. Tell them, slow down. Come on, slap them hard. Slow, stinking down. My wife tells me, chew your food. Sit down. I ate lunch with a friend of mine the other day, and, and we had, both had a big old plate. In a minute, he looked at my plate, looked at his, and said, man, you, you eat fast or I eat slow. I said, come on, man, eat that thing. We got to go. <laughs> we got to slow down when it comes to the word. I got some good stuff to preach, but I'm hung up on this very elementary principle. Are y'all feeling it? Amen. Are, are you listening to me? I'm not teaching everybody, but I'm teaching somebody who's ready to walk in faith and power and demonstration of the supernatural in our life. Amen. How many times have you heard someone say, and I'm going to get deep in, you, you, if you don't own it, I mean, if you don't understand it, you don't own it. It's not yours. It's the preacher's. It's somebody else. How many times do you say, I can't believe for me, but I can believe for you? You want to know why? Because you don't own it. Yeah, I've said it before and thought it was okay. It's an indictment against me. Amen. <laughs> I'm, I'm Sarah all over again. Sarah can get you pregnant, but I can't receive that word. Oh, I didn't say that right. Sarah, you can. No. Sarah told Hagar. You can get pregnant, but I can't receive that word. That's why it's easy for us to believe for everybody else because we've never digested that word for ourselves. We never took it for ourselves. Maybe that's why we're not letting them. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. Hey, maybe that's why we're not laying hands on the sick because we can't say, such as I have, such as I own, I'll give it to you. Amen. It's a shame to be under an instructor who don't own what he's teaching you. I'm sick of it, Stephanie. I'm sick of trying to get you to understand something that don't even belong to me. And the Bible says, oh, this is a cool scripture way on down, but if I can find it, I'll give it to you early. Oh, my God, where are you at? Where are you at? But it says something like this. 
uh, the secret things, I feel a holy anointing. The secret things belong unto the Lord, but the things that are revealed to us belong to us and our children. You've heard the scripture. Yeah, that's the scripture. I got it. I got it. Amen. In other words, you, you think the Bible says train up a kid in the way you go and he'll not depart from it. You think it means uh, teach him mindless scriptures that you know <laughs> that you've heard, but it's never become your character and it'll try. No, 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 no. You can't hand nothing down that never you, they can't be heirs if you didn't own it. Help me, Alita. They can't be heirs if you never owned it. You just went to church and heard it. Woo! Are you listening to me? And we're not, we don't understand why. I don't know how far. Your kid is out there, but I promise you this. If it was you, and, 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 and Josh, maybe this teaching wasn't a sitting down with a Bible study. God bless you if you do. But maybe it was my kid saw me as the Word made flesh. Oh, somebody help me. It was the Word made flesh, and I lived it in front of them, and I was consistent, and I had fruit that remained. My God, somebody ask your neighbor, do you understand it? I know you heard it, but do you understand it? Proverbs 25, 1 and 2 in the Passion Translation. You got to find it. I know I didn't give it to you, Jason, but you got to find it. Amen. And, and if it's something, Jody, we, we're hungry for, we'll seek it out. Uh, but when it comes to a scripture, oh, well, move on. I don't understand it. My God, that bread never got, got a, you, you never get to exchange Proverbs 25, 1 and 2. Solomon's proverb published by the scribes of probably 1, 2 and 3. Listen, but 2 says, God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honors of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God said. God said, I can see honor in the man who's saying, I got to know. I don't need that one. Thank you. I got to know. I got to know. I got to know. Uh, Jody, I remember when we first got saved. We didn't know nothing. We didn't know what small groups and life groups was. We just got together every night, broke bread, and we didn't know nothing, Fluky. I mean, we were all saved at the same time. But I would call a teacher on the phone. And I'd say, you got to tell us what this means. We know there's a deeper meaning, amen. And God was saying, it's your honor to search this thing out. Are y'all getting anything out of this? I don't believe I'm going to make it. I don't believe I'm going to make it because God has stopped me right here in the Holy Ghost and saying, this is the problem of America. They don't have time. Everybody's eating on the road. I don't know how much I hear nowadays. I do my prayer on the road. I'm not against all of that. Amen. And you ought to fellowship with God. Amen. I fellowship while I'm mowing. Amen. But if all we ever eat is fast food and we never plan a meal that we have set down and say I want to hear I want to know I want to chew this scripture and I have found Anita scriptures I've preached a million times they're going so much deeper because of what I'm teaching you right now some people ain't got time to be healed <laughs> 
I ain't got time to be healed. I was in there praying the other day. I got some situations going on, and I'm telling you, I've started this principle, and the Holy Ghost said, eat the bread till it heals you. Eat the bread till it heals you. Eat the bread till it heals you. Oh, somebody say it with me. Eat the bread till it saves you. Eat the bread till it delivers you. Eat the bread until it changes you. You shall know the truth and the truth. Eat it, eat it, eat it. Well, I've read the scripture. Oh, but when I become one with it, I become one with it. Amen. A man is too proud to say, I know the scripture, I understand it. Obviously not if it's not producing what it said it'll produce. Somebody's, somebody's wrong. Is it you or God? Huh? You tell me, is it you or is it God? I'm just telling you what happened to me in prayer. So I said, God, I'm going to eat this until it produces, until I exchange glory with it. I will exchange my sickness for that healing. And if I don't know, I'm going to call somebody who do know. Oh, no, that, take, that takes humility for you to say, I don't know. You know, <laughs> Rosetta reminds me of an Ethiopian. This guy's remarkable. I don't know how this guy got hooked in. He's, he's an Ethiopian. They're not even a part of the... Uh, the, the household of faith, he drove all the way to Jerusalem on his chariot. He is the head man, the treasurer for Candace the queen. They worship all kind of gods over there. But he showed up in Jerusalem because he heard revivals going on over there, I guess. He shows up over there, amen, and the Bible says he came to worship. And on the way home, he's on his chariot. And he's, he's, got, he's reading on the road. He's reading the book of Isaiah. And the Holy Ghost spoke to Philip and said, Catch him. Here comes Philip. Give us a minute. I ain't going there. Write that down. We'll talk about that one later. Amen. Philip took off running and ran up to the chair and said, Oh, how holy you are. You're reading the Bible. He didn't care he was reading the Bible. He didn't say, oh, you must be really holy. You're doing your daily devotional. <laughs> what are you looking at me like that for? Huh? I'll kiss you. <laughs> I'll kiss your whole face. <laughs> he said, he said, she looked at me like. No, he said, do you understand what you're reading? Is anybody listening to me? He said, no, all I want to know, I know you're in your Bible. But what I want to know is, do you understand the Bible you're reading? And that, 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 that Ethiopian was so hungry, he said, how in the world can I understand unless somebody teach me? And the Bible said, he said, whoa. Well, they don't use that word, but he stopped. Somebody shout, whoa. That's what you need. Oh, somebody needs the anointing of whoa in your life. Whoa to my busy schedule. Oh, feel it, Holy Ghost. Whoa to my phone call. Whoa to my Facebook. Whoa to all my tech. Whoa. Whoa. You need to slow down long enough for the Holy Ghost to get in your chariot. Oh, my God, are y'all following me today? 
he said, yeah, he said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, uh, uh, and, 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 and your scripture says, he desired Philip to come sit with me. He desired Philip to come sit with me. I'll stop. I need to get back to the queen. I need to get back to my job. I need to get back. But I'm going to shut this chariot down because I am wanting you to come sit with me and teach me what I do not know. Oh, the Holy Ghost wants to climb in your world and begin to teach you if you're woe. Sometimes it ain't. So, some, some of you need to say woe to your mind. Hmm? Thank you, baby. Woe to your mind. Woe to your mind. Yeah, you may be in a secluded place. Now I know why Matthew 7, 7 says when you go in to pray, shut the door. Shut the cotton-picking door. Shut it. Whoa. Fluky, I'm preaching to you right now. Whoa. The workingest fella I ever seen to be so stinking old. <laughs> but even, even when we're not working, we're working. Because the devil knows. You can go ahead and read it with your eyes, but I'm going to stop you from understanding, and you're not going to exchange glory with what you're reading. The only glory you're going to get out of this is I read my Bible. I'm sick of glory that says I read my Bible. Is anybody in this place? I can't stand it this morning. Amen. Whoa. He said he desired. I'm going to shut down because I want you to join me. I'm going to shut her down because I want to become one with you. I'm going to shut her down because I want to know what you know. And, and Philip climbed up with him and looked, and he's reading Isaiah. And it's Isaiah chapter number 53 where it says, And he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a dumb sheep he opened not his mouth. <coughs> and, 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 and then the, uh, the Ethiopian began to be inquisitive. Tell me, who's he talking about? Is he talking about himself? Or is he talking about somebody else? <laughs> and the Bible says Philip began at those scriptures and began to preach Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me? He began to expound on the scriptures and something began to happen. He was reading the scriptures and they were doing nothing. But when he began to understand, all of a sudden Ethiopian got bright eyed and said, oh my God, that's Jesus who died for my sins. He said, what will hinder me from being baptized? And then Philip said, amen, the only prerequisite for you to be baptized is if you believe in your Lord and Savior. He said, I believe. So it wasn't the reading that brought salvation faith. It was the understanding. Are you teenagers listening to me? Huh? No, you're talking, Eli. Okay. I was in prayer for you the other day, and I started calling you Barnabas. That's your new name. Look it up. Go learn what this means, says the Lord. <laughs> You're Barnabas. You are Barnabas. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, you teens. Don't fall for the lie we're not supposed to understand, which is teens. The devil, are y'all listening to me back there? Huh? That's a lie. If you don't understand it, it ain't going to impact you. You got too many leaders around you 
to help you understand it. And plus, you got the Holy Ghost to begin to pray to show you things that would teach us. Uh, I, I saw you in a battle by yourself. You were in a war all by yourself. And it was the same bear and the lion that David fought by himself. There wasn't nobody there to help him. And that battle is in your mind that the Holy Ghost is going to help you to win because there's a public ministry waiting on you, David, to where you're going to kill some giants that's going to change a kingdom. But there's two you got to win in your mind. And God says that lion is an aggressive ferocious thing trying to destroy your mind. And the other one is bear-like. He's not a predator. He's just, he's just laid back. The ferocious thing, I lead this church to be with me right now praying, the ferocious thing is anger. A spirit of anger. Some things has produced a spirit of anger. And you seem quiet and timid to me, but things can make you really, really angry. And the Lord says, you're going to kill that thing. And the other thing you're going to kill is that spirit of just laid back and don't, like a bear. I know a bear sounds aggressive, but he's really not unless he's provoked. He's really got more of a nature of just meandering around and taking things as they come. I declare over you, you're fixing to move from just taking things as they come. Shut up. I need somebody to help me. I'll preach in a minute to, to just, it is what it is. Disappointment has caused you to start taking life like it's going to happen. Ain't nothing I can do about it. That's the bear in your life. Are you guys listening to me? Because we've been to pray over this dude. Amen. The spirit of anger is going to be destroyed, but you're going to have to do it in your own mind, in your own heart, in your own spirit. Are you listening to me? And maybe there's a root to it that we're about to help you with. Are you with me, son? My God, kid, I love you. We're going to pray with him because these are two you have to kill. I can't come in there with you, uh, David. <laughs> and, and when these are dealt with, this man is going to take public ministry on a way or are you going to bring glory to God in a public way? People look at you as quiet, but there's anger in there that you're suppressing. And that devil's got to go. I need you to stretch your hands towards you. I know this is strange and it's weird, but I love this kid. I've been seeing him in the name of Jesus. I declare over you, son, that God is anointing you right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to take a minute. God is anointing you right now to kill in the privacy of your own bedroom, in the privacy of your own mind. Do y'all feel the witness of the Holy Ghost? You don't know, see? There's been thoughts coming to his mind that raise, it brings rage into him. 
rage. It's a devil trying to destroy him. And the only way, uh, Donald, the only way you've dealt with it is become the bear. Just, I don't care. My God, in the name of Jesus, I, re I, I lay the axe to the root of what's caused the anger and the rage, the rejection, the disappointment. Speak! The rage, the disappointment, the rejection. I bind you, devil, today you're leaving. My God, Patty, where's that anointing oil? I need some anointing oil. The Holy Ghost told her to put it here. We're going to use it. Open that up, Mike. In the let me get some oil on him. Let me get some oil on him. I tell you, son, this is the work of the Holy Ghost because you ain't got to do this on your own. You may not have me. You may not have others in that room with you, but I declare unto you when that line shows up, you're going to recognize and the anointing I'm putting on you right now, I impart into you a degree of strength. And as a result, the bear's going to go too. And I'm telling you, you will emerge. You will emerge. I'm pulling you from the back of the line to the front right now. The Holy Ghost. The Lord says the right things are about to start bothering you. Huh? The right, is his room nasty? Oh, yeah. You're, <laughs> she said, oh, yeah. Woo, he come. She went to speaking. Things that you just don't care are going to start bothering you. And you're going to say, I got to get that lined out. Oh, come to y'all. And you're going to take this into the spirit. It's going to give you an, an ethic of a doer, says the Lord in Jesus' name. Wow. Wow. I'm telling you, son, I'm telling you, son, right now, you got me, you got him, you got Barnabas. You got men around you. Use them if you need them. You hear me? Use them as you need them. Use me, use Joshua. He told that Ethiopian, stop, and said, you got to get on with me. But after he got him lined out, Philip went on his way, and ain't no telling what that eunuch did. He probably went back and changed his nation. Do you follow me? I tell you, I saw that devil, and I'm sick and tired of him fooling with you. <laughs> You're going to beat him. Yeah. It's important, though, that you do it. Okay? In here. We can't get in there. It's important that you do it. I got to get this message. My God, somebody give the Lord a hand praise right now. <laughs> Open up that water for me there. Where was I at? He said, now that I got somebody to exp ex 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 uh, reveal that to me, now that I got somebody to reveal that to me, I'm a believer. I was reading it, and I had a heart for it. That's real right there. I ain't saying you're lacking passion. But the Paul said, zeal with no knowledge is madness. 
You'll just create your own. That's what he said. He said, all that passion without true knowledge, it's, he said, it's madness. And you'll create your own righteousness. You'll create your own doctrine. You'll create your own little world of oppression, depression, and doubt, and discouragement, and everything else. Matter of fact, the Bible says, I wish I wrote some of this stuff down. It's in my notes. I might come across it in a minute. But Paul was preaching in Thessalonica. The, the, the Jewish Thessalonians kept rejecting him, said, we don't want to hear you. He said, I'm out of here. He went to Berea. It said he went to Berea. It said the book of Acts chapter number two, because the Bereans were open-minded to the gospel. And it says as uh, he would teach it, they would go and examine the scriptures. See, I'm not preparing you a meal as you think. When I leave the grocery store, I got a baggie full. I'm in a buggy full. And it's a meal, all right. It's a bunch of meals. Uh, but I can't just eat in the grocery store. <laughs> Did y'all get that one? I just can't say I'm going to church to eat. No, you, I want you to start thinking I'm going to church to get the flour and the sugar and the cornmeal and the eggs and the milk. What else, huh? We're cooking. We're baking now. Are you with me? Amen. And then I take what the pastor gave me and I start mixing this all up in my mind. And I start putting ingredients where they go. And all of a sudden I have made me something. I can sit down and break bread. That scripture says, if I find it, I'll give it to you. If not, it'll be on flock note. It says, they were open-minded to what he was speaking, and they searched the scriptures that he was giving them in the next scripture, and as a result, they become believers. Maybe you're not the believer you want to be or need to be, amen. It's because you're coming and eating some flyer, flour. I don't even know how to say that. <laughs> amen. Sugar's good, but I'm telling you, just spoonfuls of sugar is just... So I got to go home and mix it up. Can I move on? I got to get to that table his reading is not what made him a believer it was the understanding and that understanding may look like flesh and bone or it may look like the Holy Spirit but I know one thing uh, everybody says something different on Google but it can take up to 36 hours for my body to digest my food how do we think we can take a scripture and read it in 30 seconds and never spend a digestion period. And me become that word. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The eating is the easy part and the fun part. Your body goes to work when the, when the word is received. It goes to work. Your spirit must go to work. Meditating. Chewing. Rolling it over. Rolling it over. Amen. The reason you have no faith. Catch this. And, and everybody's got some sort of faith. But the reason my faith is never strengthened is because I never digest the scripture. I just use it to accuse God. It's going to get deep. And, 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 I'm, and I'm almost okay with you getting mad at God because at least you got mad. Your anger tells me you expected it to do something. Can y'all handle me today? Rather than your religious person who, I didn't expect nothing out of it anyway. But if it's only making you angry, it's because I have not. You're the one who eat it on the fly. You didn't 
take time to digest. But when I digest it, I am becoming what it is. Now your faith is being built finally. A lot of us don't have no faith because everything you have belongs to somebody else. My mama told me, my daddy told me, my preacher tells me. Are you listening? No, no, kids. Josh, you got to turn it with these kids. You're, you ought to teach them. You ought to lead them. You ought to guide them. Amen. What's that old saying? Give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat forever. He'll eat forever. <clears throat> so if you're not digesting, you're not becoming. Matter of fact, let's take a minute to run through James. Put it in your notes. Chapter number one. <clears throat> Starting in 21. Uh, this is a word for you, Donnie. That's better than doodle. I did call him, I usually call him doodle. Doodle, get rid of all uncleanness. Let's talk about your room. This is really talking about a lot of things that we got in there. Not in his room, in our mind. Now, if you're going to eat holy, you got to get the unholy out. Some uncleanness may be your doubt. You can't come to this table and enjoy this meal with the unclean spirit of doubt and judgmentalism. Clean. Get rid of all the uncleanness and all that remains of weakness, and with an humble spirit receive the word of God, which is what? Implanted actually means rooted in your heart and is able to do what? King James Version said, receive the word of God, the engrafted word of God. So the word of God does nothing for you until it is engrafted into you. Rooted in you. Then it starts producing what it's supposed to produce. We have, James is going to prove to us, we've deceived our own selves by too much Bible knowledge. <laughs> you ever think you'd hear a preacher say that? We've deceived our own self by too much Bible knowledge. I talked to you last week. The manna you don't digest rots. The only manna, this goes with that scripture if you're doing that generational thing, that I told you a while ago, the secret thing belongs to the Lord, but those things that are revealed to us belong to us and our children. The only manna that lasted from generation to generation was the manna Moses put in the ark. Huh? You Bible students catch that quick. The Lord told him, put a little manna so that you can pass that on to the next generation. The only word that will make it to the next generation is the word you put in your spirit, not your mind. You will not forget word you put in your spirit. And you say, well, I can't remember. No, 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 you didn't. Uh, you will not forget word you understand. You know, the scripture says the Holy Spirit, Jesus said the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to teach you all things and bring things back to your remembrance. Did you hear me? It was two things in that scripture, understanding and teaching. I'll bring things to your remembrance you were taught. I can't bring things to your remembrance that you just heard and never understood. I, I, it, that'll never do you any good anymore if you didn't understand it. Am I, am I making sense? Can we go deeper? 
the word has to be engrafted. I love to study agriculture. Jennifer, what you do when you get to talking about taking this shoot, is that what you call it? Sci, cyan, S-I-O-N or something like that? Yeah, S-C-I-O-N. And they cut it and they put that graft in there and they wrap it. It becomes one with. And it's held tight. Are you following me? That's what he's talking about here. The word that can cut you deep enough to get inside of you. When I say cut you, I mean through conviction. We don't want conviction anymore. We look at everything as condemnation. Let it cut deep and, and get that word in there until I become one with it. And then it starts producing. It's the engrafted word of God that will save you. So, But prove yourselves doers of the word, actively, continually obeying God's precepts and not merely listeners who hear the word but fail to do what? But you fail to internalize its meaning, deluding yourselves. There's people that's in this church have been saved for years and have heard thousands of sermons, and none of them has done you any good. I'm just going to be real. From me on to, and will never do you any good. And so, but because I've spent so much time in the Word, I deceive my own self that I know what I really don't know. God, I know this is... This is. Because if somebody quoted the Scripture, it'd be familiar to you. It's the proof. If I didn't exchange glory with it, I didn't understand it. I didn't get it down in my spirit. And so we're sitting in churches deceived and not understanding why this word ain't producing what it says it will produce. Why I'm not exchanging glory with it. Deluding your own selves by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, he's like a man who looks very carefully at his natural face in the mirror. For once he looks at himself and is gone, he what? Huh? What, what's my other text? He who hears the seed is sown and you don't understand it, it is immediately lost. That's why we was gathering fragments last week. Does anybody remember what I preached last week? There's no way you cannot remember what I preached last week. And if not, you may say, wait, 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 just a minute. Let me pull out my basket. Because I got it. He forgets what he looked like. I think his King James Version says, he forgets what sort of man he is. If I don't become one with it, I can leave the word, hear the message preached, and be so encouraged and pumped up and walk right out there and forget I am who that preacher said I am. That ever happened to anybody else? Just forget and start acting like some other man. Or some other woman. But he who looks carefully in the perfect law of liberty and faithfully continues. Somebody shout digest. Oh, but this man who gets a hold of it and chews it and chews it and chews it. Even if I start off, I don't even believe it. But I'm going to chew it because I know it's right. 
I'm going to chew it and digest it until it produces faith in my life. Looks carefully into the perfect law of liberty. Faithfully abides in it, not having become a careless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys. This man is going to be what? Somebody finish it for me. To forget means to lose it out of your mind. To lose it out of your mind. I Anybody else have a problem losing stuff out of your mind? <laughs> but the things I don't want to lose out of my mind, I repeat. I'll give honor to it. I wanted a title last week, and I knew Josh wouldn't do it. Take a doggy bag. So I'm going to give it to y'all anyway. Take a doggy bag. Because when I walk out of your restaurant, oh, you got a restaurant, you got a hotel, right? And I got my, and I said, hey, waiter, bring me a doggy bag. He walks off saying, man, he's giving honor to that snake steak. <laughs> he's giving honor to that steak. Maybe a snake, I don't know. They cook him right, I'll eat him. And we'll get up and walk out of this church being fed manna from another world with no doggy bag or intention whatsoever of coming back later and feasting again. Woo! Are y'all okay? I have no intentions. I just came because it's Sunday and I'm going to hear a little sermon. And have no intentions of getting in a prayer closet somewhere and chewing. Chewing. So he's saying casual readers are those who read on the road, on the move. Casual readers are those who eat nothing but fast food. Casual readers are only those who eat regurgitated truths. Someone else has to chew it. Someone else has to give it to you. And so you never lose, leave the baby stage. Maturity starts causing your gums to itch. <laughs> Did you know that babies, oh, I should have I wrote it down. But God reminded me, I heard it one time. Do y'all know why babies put everything in their mouth? No. That's part of it. That's part of it. Somebody said teething. But before they start teething, as soon as they can control their hand, where does it go? And, and it does go on into teething. But study it. A baby is called oral exploration and development. A baby don't know how to touch and feel. And there's all kind of uh, sensitive feelers in your mouth. And he's actually feeling that thing. Exploring that thing. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. And if we never get to the place of maturity where we got teeth. Where we can chew and digest on our own, then we're always, always having to get our stuff from somebody else. Y'all ain't saying nothing right now, but I'm talking about a very high percentage of the body of Christ. Therefore, we never go strong. Paul said, I, you, you ought to be teaching somebody by now, and I'm having to teach you because you're so unskilled in the Word of God. Casual readers, eating on the road, understanding goes. And eating on the road causes improper digestion. 
Now, we're finna go into the Lord's Supper, but I need you to get this. Man, I'm not going to get to preach the preachy part of this. I don't like to teach. I like to preach. But we need this right now. Stephanie, what are you laughing at? You worse than I am. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians is the Lord's Supper. Chapter number 11. Communion. And he said, you're coming to the table irreverently because you're not discerning it properly. Discern means acknowledge to know. So when you come to your Bible, you, you, you're coming irreverently. And the next scripture says, and because of it, many of you are weak and sick and even dying. It's not that you're not taking communion. It's that you don't understand communion. It's not that you're not reading your Bible. You don't understand the Bible. And he said, as a result, you're drinking my blood and eating my flesh. And you have, you don't even discern what this really means. So... This juice and that wafer ain't going to do anything. But when you understand what this is and you take it, you done entered into warfare. So that's where I was going with part two. I was going with that with part two because I will give you this much. Give me... Uh, uh, Psalms 23, 4 and 5 and we'll come off of this into communion. Now you think you know the depths of this scripture but let me show you what happens when you start chewing on a scripture you think you know. This is what happens. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I'll feel no evil for you are with me. You're rotting and your staff that comfort me. That prepares a table before me, where? In the presence of my enemy. Wow, that's going to feel strange getting on this platform. The word prepare literally means to set in a row. It means to, to set in a ray. The Bible says before they would go to war, they would set the battle in array. So to prepare means to set in array. But here's the part, Sister Rosetta, that changed everything in me. I will prepare a table before you, a place to eat. Now David done said, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Now he's saying that shadow of death is the enemy who's trying to kill me. Are we talking about war? Or are we talking about eating? Well, she was talking about a devil that needed to be cast out, and Jesus goes to talking about bread. So all of a sudden, this text started stopping me. He said, wait a minute. This warrior is mixing war with eating. The word presence 
Oh, y'all got to go break this down. Comes from the Hebrew word neged. And it literally means to block. It means a counterpart. To block or stand in bold opposition to. Listen, listen, you got to get this. Presence here means to block or stand in bold opposition to. It means to declare, to expose, to prophesy, to speak plainly. This scripture is literally saying, when my enemy come against me and there was a dark spot and a, a shadow is a, a dark area that's caused by something standing between it and the sunlight. Oh my God, I hope I can close this out right. This scripture is saying, he prepares a table before me that counters the enemy in front of me. Are y'all getting it? It's in your Bible. I'm not making this up. Go study it. Presence there. It's a terrible translation. I don't know why everybody translates this like this. When the Hebrew did not. Thou prepare a table in the presence. It means when my darkest hour is coming against me, he sets up a table of bread that counters the lie that's coming against me. Come on, I'm going to keep saying it until you get it. Amen. The bread is now speaking to the darkness in my life. The table is speaking to the darkness in my life. No wonder the woman said, I know I'm not there yet. I know I don't know all your laws. I know I don't know every scripture. But I do know that I am a household pet. And I may be under the table. But if I can get one revelation, one crumb, I'll go back and beat the devil out of my house. Oh, somebody help me. Hey, I don't need the whole loaf, but if I can get one revelation, I'll go back and win. Because what I did find out, sis, is this may not be the whole, but it's got the hole in it. Woo, somebody help me. It's got every grain, every ingredient, all the power is in this crumb right now. And it's the thing that is being prepared in front of my enemy. It's the word that is countering the lie. Oh my God, I need somebody to act like you're getting this. Amen. The table is prophet. The table is prophesying to my enemy. That's what your Bible's doing if you know it. So, teenagers, you ain't got no Old and New Testament, Greek and Hebrew. You just get you one. That came out of my pantry, so it's probably old. I ain't bad. <laughs> Somebody shouted with me, just give me a crumb. Just give me a crumb. Just give me a crumb. Because that crumb is pretty good. I don't know what that green stuff is, but it's good too. Amen. <laughs> hey, listen to me. Oh, no, I don't know if y'all are getting this. Thou prepare a table before me in the presence. It's a counter. 
It's a counter to the lie. And it's a, a truth that I know because I done ate this bread before. Now I'm going to see. Now. <coughs> <coughs> What do you mean, no? You would let me die? So listen to me. In the New Testament, here we are again, and Jesus is at the table, and he picked the bread up and broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. He said, this is the children's bread. Somebody shout, I am a child of God. It's in the bread. There's a bread for that. I don't know what you're fighting, but there's a bread for I said, there's a bread for that. I'm sorry. Somebody will clean up my mess. I'm not. Amen. I said, there's a bread for that. If it's something going on in your mind. Whoa, I'm sorry, sis. (laughs) There's a bread for that. Amen. So my question to the Lord was, is it bread or is it a sword? Am I at war or am I at the table? Oh, I got good news for you. I sit at the table when I fight. Oh, somebody help me preach. I sit at the table when I fight because my bread is a weapon. Oh, somebody help me. Give me a crumb, Lord. He said, my God, what faith you got. Sorry, I love you. You got your crumb. Some of them's in your hair. My, my table. And, and Jesus said, Revelation said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll just open, I'll come in and fellowship with you. So now I've seen warfare from another perspective. Warfare is simply fellowship with Christ. I said, Warfare is my sitting at the table, and He anoints my head with oil, and I'm running over with power. I'm running over. Every, come on boys, eat the bread. It ain't, it ain't nice not to eat what I serve you. There <laughs> you go. Hey, every bite is countering a lie. Every bite is, oh yeah, now I understand. I'm spitting on your drums. Now I understand. In the book of Revelations, I saw him with hair like wool, eyes like fire, amen, and feet like brass, and there was a sword coming out of his mouth. There was bread coming out of his mouth. Is it a bread or is it a sword? Thank you for listening to this live.